Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you identify your priorities. I'll also be interviewing business strategist and consultant Ronald Ricardo, who shares his personal story of reevaluating his priorities to become the successful person he is today. For more information about Ronald, please visit catalystconsultinggroup.org. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Identifying your priorities. When we were kids, we had many ideas of who we wanted to be and what we wanted to accomplish in life. And then as we grew older and understood our place in the world, a lot of that changed. Many of us have this concept of success by how much money we make. And of course, you've heard me talk about this many times. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But when you really look at your priorities in a holistic standpoint, you may realize that you're perhaps unbalanced in certain ways. When you currently take a snapshot of who you are, what is important to you? It's important to identify those particular categories because in doing that, it helps you see if you're on track or not. If your health and wellness is important to you, if your family is important to you, if your career is important to you, if you find that you're overly focused in one area, unfortunately, when you do accomplish that goal, holistically, you'll find that you're unfulfilled in other areas. One of the great things about this particular lesson is the more quickly you do this, the more successful you're going to be in a holistic standpoint. In other words, the areas of your life are going to grow and develop at the same rate, and you're going to enjoy a much more fulfilled life. What are the characteristics of your personality that you like to be known for? Do you want to be known as the kind person, as the driven person, as the entrepreneurial person? There's so many different attributes and characteristics we can use to define us. And when you can sit down and think about that, 
you may be surprised those attributes for which you'd like to be known are maybe not the direction your life is going. Another thing to think about are what accomplishments would you like to be known for? What is that legacy that you want to leave in the world? In other words, what is the thing you'd like to leave in life? And it doesn't necessarily have to mean a business you leave or an inheritance you leave for your kids, but more in the sense of how did you change your environment? How did you leave your mark? One of the things it's important to think about is when we start our career or start something new, we often think that that's the end result. For example, if I start a career with a company, then I'm going to retire there. And of course, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that makes a lot of sense. But it is important for you to understand that your personality is going to change. Your desires are going to change. The things that are important to you, in other words, your priorities, will change. So as you can constantly evaluate this, you're going to see that perhaps mediocrity has set in in your life. In other words, you're doing what you thought you were supposed to do from five years ago. And five years ago is not today. Your life is always going to grow and develop. But when you're proactive, and re-identifying what your priorities are, it will help you navigate what the next steps are in your life. When adversity strikes, in other words, something blindsides us, often we become very reactive and we're not sure what to do. So then all of a sudden, because adversity has struck, we then change our priorities. And of course, that makes sense, problem solving, the crisis, and moving on. But how can you take that crisis and whatever the resolution is and add that into your priorities? In other words, is it a stumbling block or is it a stepping stone? And if your priorities have shifted based off of an event that's happened, then maybe that's the direction you're supposed to go. Use it as a launch pad. And when you can constantly re-identify those attributes for which you'd like to be known, how you want to leave your mark, what are the things that are important to you, you'll find over time it's easy to reprioritize what is important to you to live that fulfilled, holistic life. So my challenge today is check in with yourself, figure out what your priorities are, and focus on those. Those are going to help you live a fulfilled life. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Ronald Ricardo is a managing partner of the Catalyst Consulting Group, an advisory firm with 10 consultants that help companies grow, improve their performance, and address their HR organizational issues. He has over 30 years of experience as both a corporate executive with Johnson & Johnson and Fidelity, an entrepreneur, professor at the University of Connecticut's Graduate Business School, and a management consultant. Mr. Ricardo has worked with over 140 global clients in the manufacturing, high-tech financial services, life sciences, healthcare, and services industry. He is a thought leader and an author of eight books and, and over 60 articles. He's been interviewed, quoted by a number of prestigious publications such as U.S. News and World Report, the Harvard Business Review, Associate Press, MSNBC, CBS, and many others. He is going to share his own transformational story with us today. Welcome to my show, Ronald. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. That was Now, that was a mouthful for me to say, but that doesn't even cover all the expertise that you have. So we're definitely honored that you took time out of your busy schedule to join with us today. Thank you. Now, the person with whom I'm speaking, that is not how you actually grew up. You grew up probably different than maybe the world views you now as this expert. Would I love to talk about the juxtaposition or just the differences between then versus now? Grew up in an Italian family. Um, two great parents uh, sacrificed for their daughter and son. Uh, socioeconomically, it was a blue-collar working-class community in Connecticut. Um, 
And it really shaped me quite a bit as I grew up. Um, I had my eyes open um, and it shaped my view of the world as well as where I wanted to be and how I wanted to live. And I think that's that's so important. I think many people don't realize how the life perception we have at that time really does shape our viewpoint. Unfortunately, when people don't realize that, they often will go on many different tangents in their life and eventually will circle back around. So that's one of the great things that people do start to pay attention to how they grew up, what were their values, and really start to instill those now. That's how they can be much more successful. Agreed. Now, yourself, when you look at your peer group at that time, did you find that you were different, maybe in the socioeconomic standpoint or just in the educational part? No, I mean, most of the people that lived in my general area were in the same economic strata. I think Mm -hmm. what I found was, you know, you're growing up and we had enough. It wasn't like, my my God, we don't have this, we don't have that. But, you know, truth be told, the house I live in today is literally five times as large as the house I lived in when I was growing up, wow. yeah. you know? So you, you see your, your family doing as well as they could, working hard, um, but you know, you, 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 as I grew up, I said, you know, this is not what I want and what do I need to get from point A to point B? And it took me a long time to figure out exactly how to make that and maneuver that, that process. Yeah, so when you went to university, you didn't go to an Ivy League school, and so you had to perhaps uh, go in with your grades or different things to to really market yourself and to find that entry point. What was it about yourself that you thought, okay, this is what I want? How do I get there? How, in other words, how did you how do you come up with that? Um, well, you know, I remember I'm 59 years old now, and I remember when I was eight years old, I said to my mother, I said, someday I'm going to be a millionaire because <laughs> I realized some of the you know sacrifices you've made. And like any mother, yes, honey, I know you'll get there. But I was really serious, you know, and what I one of the things that was helpful to me is as I got older, I started to engage people who I defined as successful. And I thought they knew something I didn't know. And I started to engage them in conversation. So how did you get from where you are to where you, you know, where you started to where you are today? And what I found was, you know, there was some common threads. You know, one Mm -hmm. was a focus on education. Number two was a focus on credentialing yourself. Number three was, you know, over time evolving your network. You know, so when I go to my my high school reunion, you know, people think, well, my God, you're rich. You know, you're this, Mm -hmm. you're that. You know, in my peer group, you know, know, I'm I'm, I'm probably average, you know? Uh, So it's all the point of reference, but the, the, the peer group has changed markedly from the days of when I was, uh, you know, in, in high school to the days of, you know, uh, where I am now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things I really focus on as well. In fact, one of my favorite quotes is, you can't hang out with chickens and expect to soar with eagles. <laughs> and in that, it's so, it's so relevant because the people with whom we associate, however, whatever they're, so there's what's called law of the group in psychology. We talk about w- with whomever you associate is as high as you're going to go. You become like them. What were some of the metrics or some of the ways in which you really challenged your, your own mind as far as your peer group to continually evolve? I did something that I thought was intuitively obvious, but most people don't do. Uh So I observe people making the same mistake over and over and over in their life. That could be anything from dating the wrong people to accepting the wrong kind of job. So what I did is I said, okay, um, if I could write my own epitaph, and that Uh epitaph was a mixture of personal versus professional, what would it say? You know, and I got very specific, you know, 
do I really want to retire at 68 like Obama said we should? And then the average guy lives to be 73. Well, that didn't that didn't work sure. for me, right? How much money will it take to live? And I quantified that in a certain style that I wanted to live. So what were the decisions I need to make? And so starting with the end, then I broke it down into time chunks. So I, this this process started when I was around 20. And I said, okay, how do I evaluate where I am by the time I'm 30, 35, 40, 45, you know, and I had clear metrics, you know, um, how, how much net worth did I need to have? What was my, my, my income at certain levels? You know, how much travel was I willing to do? When I first started out, you know, from 20 to 40, I graduated college in three years. I did four years in three years. I worked nonstop from 20 to 40, 80 hours a week, 80% travel. Wow. You know, so there's a price you pay. Sure. You know, and you've done it, I've done it, and, and people don't realize it looking from the outside. They think, you know, somebody's just, you know, running interference for you. Well, maybe some people, but a lot of people are self-made. So I was able to create those milestones, and then I had the confidence in myself to make tough decisions. And in some cases, I did some risky decisions. So for example, I've been an entrepreneur. So not just starting a consulting company, but you know, I've been an executive at a couple of places. But earlier in my career, I looked at where's there a lot of ways to make money. And one of them was real estate development. So I studied it. And I said, well, what part of real estate development makes the most money? And at that time, it wasn't banging nails and building houses. There was only like an eight to 15% margin. The real money was to buy a piece of pasture land, put in the infrastructure, a road, sewers, and you pretty, pretty much get a 5X return. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I actually took, literally, I kid you not, I took out 100% of my net worth at that time and I built a subdivision. And, and instead of building the houses, I just put in all the infrastructure and then I sold the lots. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so I basically I paid $25,000 a lot and I sold them for $125,000 a lot times 15 lots. So, I mean, wow. it really was a great multiplier of wealth for me. And I think that's a thing, you know, looking at what the trends are, looking at what the world is, what the need is of that world and filling that need or filling that space rather. And whether that's something you were doing now or not, but in that moment, that's what made sense. And obviously you had a huge return on it. I think that's one thing that many times people think as an entrepreneur, this is what I want to do. And their goal is so myopic or in other words, it's, um, uh, it has it's it's in a box. It has to be this way. This is how it's going to be. And when we're too rigid in that sense, it doesn't allow for people's dream to really flourish and blossom. For example, for me, this is these are all things I want to do. And yes, I will do them. But if I'm saying I can only do this, then I'm going to miss out on other opportunities. And so I, I love to hear how you in that moment you you pivoted, you flexed, you did all those things that made sense, and you continually rolled and 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 went with your specific plan. But you allowed the world and the needs of the world to dictate how some of that came about. I agree. You know, one of the things, as you're talking to me, I was reflecting, and one of the things that has been very helpful to me in my own maturation is um, listening to the voice in your head. No, no I'm not Jeffrey Donald. <laughs> not but, that kind of voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's about, you know, there's a world of people telling you you can't do this, you can't do that. And I think if you do your own due diligence, and you make a decision based on your own personal risk factor, you know, how much risk am I willing to take? 
you know, I think back and I said, you know, there are some times when I, I, I didn't listen to the prevailing, you know, philosophy and suggestions. You know, my mom was risk averse. She said, you should work for the state of Connecticut or you should be a teacher. You have a job for life. And no disrespect to people in those professions. Those sure. are honesties. But it wasn't going to get me to where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't listen to that voice, even though it was well-intentioned. I listened to the voice in my head. Well, from an eight-year-old boy, that's what—that's that voice that was there. It resonated in you. So it had been maturing and growing all those years. And finally, you said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go all in. And that's who you are today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I had a, a gentleman who used to work for me, interesting guy. He was um, a son of Italian immigrants, uh, went to Vietnam. And I remember he telling me a story one day over drinks. He said, I, before I left for Vietnam, I told my mother, you don't have to worry about me. I'm coming home. So he said one night they were on, I think they call it a search and destroy, where you kind of sit by a, uh, a trail and you, you basically ambush people. Well, what happened was, he said, he they attacked a small group of people. What they didn't realize was there was 200 people behind them. So 200 uh, against 12. Oh, my gosh. He said that night, he said, Ron, I was the only one who got out of there. And he oh, said the wow. only reason why I got out of there is because I needed to survive. I was going to do whatever I had to do to get home. And I think that's something I've learned. I mean, if you've been in business and you think about your own background, there have been times when you tried something, it didn't work. You know, you met with adversity, economics, health, whatever, relationships. And that ability to just overcome I think has been the number one critical thing in, 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 my, in my background. That resilience, yes, finding that resilience. Absolutely. And you know, it makes me think, um, I've heard it said that the bigger your goal or bigger your dream is, the bigger the risks that there will be. Because if everybody took the same risks, well, then we'd all have the same outcome. And so whatever that risk may be for one person, it's going to be greater than what they feel comfortable doing. Because if you could accomplish your goal today, well, you would, but there wouldn't be really any risk involved. And so that's why really stepping out. So I always like to just remind people that as big as your dream is, and I hope you dream as big as you can, but in that, your, the risks that come along with that of stepping out of your comfort zone are going to be as commensurate or equal to however large that, that goal is. Well said. You know what else I found too is having those, those aggressive goals, but also having a safety net. So mm-hmm. often when I'm planning a target, I'll say, okay, here's what my ultimate goal is. But if the things around me start to disintegrate, here's where I can step off and mitigate some of the losses, whether that's an investment in a stock or whether that's a business venture or even personal. I mean, sometimes you, you, you try working with people, it just doesn't work. And you have to know, okay, this is time for me to put a line in the, in the sand. Well, I really like that. I think that's something that sometimes people can just be too um, gung-ho with that. So where they're all in and people are, and then other people are just not going to do it at all. How, can you help us understand the methodology of how you create those kind of that net or that, that those stop gaps to, to protect yourself or to maybe look at some of those things? Is there a specific methodology that you use for that? You know, my undergraduate is in biochem mm. and you may say, well, what the heck does that have to do <laughs> with a strategy consultant? Well, there is one thread and that's being analytical. Mm-hmm. And being very goal-focused. Because if you're dealing with chemistry, you have to understand what the ultimate outcome is. So what I've tried to do in life is you don't want to overly plan. But I do have a a map. And and that map is on a yearly basis, a monthly basis, and even every morning. You know, I get about five hours of sleep a night. I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. 
and I only focus on A priorities. I don't get waylaid. I don't focus on on people that, you know, there's people that you and I have worked with either personally or professionally. They can suck up all of your <laughs> right? Yes, they can. <laughs> you kind of, I don't think they mean to, but they can zap all of your, your passion. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to be able to say, okay, here's what I need to do. Focus. And then say, okay, at a given point in time, I'm going to take a pulse. Where am I in relation to where I need to be? Do I need to reprioritize? Do I need to get off something that's not working? So to me, it's to some extent having tangible goals, some extent having, uh, I'll call them milestones where you stop and you take a pulse. And then at each milestone saying, okay, if X happens, here are my alternatives, you know. And that's been very helpful to me. And, you know, sometimes dealing with uncertainty and sometimes also dealing with failure. But, you know, I think it's also because you're going from the sense of preparation of being proactive as opposed to being in the moment and then become reactive. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I think that's the difference between success for many people is the more you can put things in place in a proactive way, you do it from a place of logic. You do it from a place of confidence. Whereas if we haven't maybe thought all all those things through, we then come from a place of emotionality and emotion has its place, but not always when it comes to decision-making. Well said, you know, and earlier in my career when I was in corporate, um, I reported to president of a company when I was 28 and you can't substitute gray hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, think about it. I mean, if, if I have five years of experience, even if I'm the smartest guy in the room, they've got 15 or 20 years of experience. So what I tried to do and it was helpful to me was to always be prepared, anticipate. If you're having a meeting, what are the questions you may ask? What are the areas where this may go? Where can this go sideways? You know, you can't always anticipate everything, but when when I was young and I didn't have the gray hair and I didn't have the years and years of experience, the preparation for me was uh, really an enabler to allow me to compete with people who sometimes were better than me, and almost always much older than me. And then I carried that over even to now. I'm 59 years old. I, I will never go to a meeting to not be prepared. It's it's too too risky for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's essentially it. When the more information you have and more information gathering you have prior to anything you do, the more successful you're going to be. And it will show. It definitely will show. I think you're right. Yeah, that, that's very true. When you, when you f- give back to your community or even give back to your students, did you ever reflect on where you were as a as a boy uh, where, where, versus where you are today? Uh, often. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I do it even with my son. You know, my son goes to a prep school and sometimes you go into the parking lot and you see all these high-end cars, you almost feel poor. <laughs> and what what I try to do is I try to tell him to give back. And I give back. You know, mm. uh, I teach college, but I give that money to charity. You know, I like working with um, mentoring young, uh, impressionable, passionate people who are aggressive because it reminds me of me. Yeah. You know, I like working with people who, you know, we, we sponsor internships, for example, every year. We've done it with a Tuck. We've done it with Fordham. Uh, we're doing it with another school. It's a great way to work with somebody who shows a lot of promise who may not have had all of the opportunities in the world. You know, uh, I'm a great believer uh, that we all are where we are in life based on decisions we've made, good and bad. Yes, we're all self-made people, regardless of how the world may view it, but we're self-made. Yeah, you know, so to me, it's, it's important for us to accept responsibility 
as opposed to make excuses. And we all, you know, this is a great country. If you apply yourself, uh, if you're willing to work hard, I think, you know, there's still a lot of opportunity for even the average person to, to do much better. Yes. And that's wonderful that you're giving people the opportunity, you know, they work for, and then you're able to help them give them that additional edge that they may not have been able to get on their own. So I think that's a wonderful, wonderful way in which you give back to your community as well. You know something? I think I get more than I give. And what I mean by that is it, it, it really gives me a warm feeling in my heart to work with people who are trying to better themselves, you yeah. know, and you've done well in life. I've done well, but you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't perceive myself as a superstar. Oh, wow. You've written all these books. It was something I wanted to do, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but others see me in a different light than I see myself, you know, so it's nice to work with these people who really want to get ahead and are just looking for somebody to take the time to coach them and, and think about it, James. I'm, I'm sure there are people in your career who saw something in you invested some time and it probably helped you along your career. Yes, they certainly did. Yes, that's very true. And that's the whole thing about giving it back, paying it forward, because it's a cycle of life. Our mentors mentored us. We mentor other people. The people we mentor are going to mentor other people as well. And that's, it's just, it's just an amazing way in which I think the world, if we all looked at it that way, how much more better the world would be. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, and if, truth be told, if I reflected on my past, I think because I didn't have a lot of money growing up, I focused way much, way too much of my personal time in trying to acquire wealth. Mm. As I've gotten older, I don't quantify success as how many decimal points you have next to your name. It's the kind of person you are. Yeah. You're not necessarily whether they like you or not. You know, that's nice, but it's were you impactful? Did you make mm-hmm. a difference? Did you leave your fingerprints behind? You know, yeah. to me, that's that's the, the the key of success as opposed to, you know, I was the president of this or I grew a company from X to Y. And I think that's where you can hear the difference in that when you were talking about writing your epitaph to end of your life, what are people going to say about you? So it sounds as the older you, the older you became, the more that morphed into maybe something that was more legacy driven as opposed to wealth driven. Legacy driven, absolutely. And I think also you tend to adjust. You know, when I was in a different uh, mode of my life, my job was my life. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a cost. You know, I didn't get married till I was old. I didn't have a kid till I was 45. I only had one kid. You know, not that I'm complaining, don't get me wrong, but, you know, now I'm at a point where I'm saying, okay, uh, I want to get my life in order. Uh, When I say order, more balance. I want to be able to do hobbies. I want to hang out with my my mother who's now 90, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, Those things you don't don't take for granted because you're so focused on goals. It's more about, you know, my son's 14. I want to go hang out with him. I want to be a soccer coach, you know? Those things tend to, 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 if you're smart, tend to balance themselves out. Mm-hmm. They certainly do. Well, it all comes back to slowing everything down and really looking at your priorities in that moment. Because the priorities today, when you look at it from a longitudinal standpoint, those priorities are definitely going to shift. So learning how to balance that today. So maybe even the young people listening to this today is learning how to live a much more balanced life. And I don't necessarily mean as far as your diet and exercise, but balanced as far as overall the fulfillment that you get out of life as well as how much you invest into it when it comes to your finances, your education, or your work. Absolutely. And I live by a set of values. Treat everybody with respect. Help people that you can help. Honor your commitments. 
you know, it's my version of the Ten Commandments. You mm-hmm. know, it's things that when I look in the mirror and I shave in the morning, I have to like what I see. Yeah, and that's that's the truth because at the end of the day, there's nobody else who we can hide behind, and in that we have to be true to ourselves. Absolutely. Well, Ronald, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and about all your books and all the incredibly amazing things you're doing, where would they find your information online? A Catalyst Consulting Group org. Wonderful. Well, Ronald, once again, thank you so much for your time and your thoughts today. It was an absolute pleasure having you join with us today. Thank you so much for your time. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever port you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.